Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, a red-blooded American patriot who spent the holidays overseas entertaining our troops, and the breakout superstar of the hit VH1 series, Grown and Sexy. Hello, and welcome back. The people's champ, Jesse Mampeluso. My knee on your desk, and your whole setup shook. Oh yeah, this is uh, we're 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 going places. You got to start somewhere, Jessamy. That's all I can say for now. Yeah, we're this a little IKEA-fied the room we're in at the moment. I know this is like legitimate equipment. It almost got taken out by my little bony. I'm taking my shoes off. It's that kind of day. Is that okay? Yeah. Absolutely. I you, like know, you know I don't wear shoes here, right? I, that's why I'm taking them off. On you travel, you should, you're everywhere. coming here regularly. You should bring. I should, you should have slippers, slippers here. <laughs> I'll get you a cubby right next to mine. You know what? Normally, I want to like scream to the heavens about people who buy people slippers for the holidays, but now I'm seeing if you have multiple slippers, just leave them at like your regular coffee shop, your regular restaurant, and your regular Tollywood show. Who are we kidding? Like, why can't we get cozy? Also, I have a noise for everyone, and I want you guys to tell me what I'm doing. Oh, that really that was on that was really uneventful. I'm just opening a packet of collagen powder. Collagen. Yeah, it's um skin skin stuff. How did I know that? Yeah, it's really delicious stuff, but they haven't given me any um, money, so I'm not going to say who they are. <laughs> oh, I see. Are you fishing for a relationship? No, no, I'm not. It's it's. I don't know how good it is yet, so I'll try it before I. How would you it. know how good it is? How do we know that any of that stuff works? I think how like the 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 texture of your defecation. I think that's an indicator. See, I always thought you would judge it by how it made your skin look. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's all about the poop. Because there is, I read one time, nothing has ever been proven to be um, age-defying. There is no substance you can apply to your skin that is age-defying, and every single thing that has been sold to people is to some degree or another malarkey. When I say people, of course, I mean did largely it, women. Did an angry, ill-fated, like... Feminist lesbians write that article. Yeah, she might have also been a scientist <laughs> or a scientist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of my favorite things that I just realized when you're doing the intro mm-hmm. is how much energy you put into that. I've been hearing that a lot lately, and I, it's funny because I feel like I'm having to summon the beast in a way that I didn't have to even two years ago. I blame, well, I blame the baby. I was just going to say the demon, but we'll call it a baby for now. Yeah, I try my best. And I'm also very, very bad at operating a studio. So a lot of times the intro comes in quite a bit hotter than I intended it to. And you then are... I've just got to, I've got to meet it, you know? I'm making a mess of your studio. See, that would be fine, but for the fact that it's not my studio. <laughs> I'm going to make this a little bit better. You're a child. Yeah, that table's age defying now. <laughs> the part where the powder just sprinkled, the table now looks like a tree. It's gone back to its natural form. Your baby is so cute. She looks like a robot. You remember you sent me those videos yeah, in the I photo of her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't stopped ovulating from that moment. She is devastating. 
Yeah, she's the that's the best word to thing. describe her. She is devastating. I don't think it's us- I don't think it's common for babies to smile and laugh as much as she does. Or and I probably said this to you a month ago, and it's completely it's still true. She's so fucking. And I, I know I said this a month ago. I can't even joke about it. There's nothing funny about it. I don't have angles. Yeah, make sure she poops. I have to clean up shit. It goes up the right. back sometimes. Like she's a baby. She's. I think she might be. Uh, I think she might be the one. Um, Chris Hansen, do you have any sweet tea in a laundry basket available? I'm just kidding. I have no idea what you're talking about. To catch a predator. Why Why am I a predator? Because I, I think my daughter joke. is... It's just because you want to marry your daughter? He's the Dalai Lama. I don't... <laughs> I'm just saying that if some Tibetans show up at my front door, I would not be 100% shocked. You wouldn't be shocked. Okay, what if a llama... Yeah, that would be... Named more... Dolly showed up, would you take it? Would it more, be satisfying? More surprising only because I have stairs. Oh yeah, that that must be difficult for I don't know an animal how they like that. Do with those? Yeah, when your legs are all one length, I think it's a hop, a side hop. I think it's the knee thing. Actually, llamas probably do fine. Llamas are mountain animals, aren't they? What did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> mountain animals? Aren't aren't llamas mountain animals? I thought they were more like a woodland creature. No, I don't believe that they. are. L- okay, I gotta Google this. You think llamas? Do you have to. I I need to because I'm in this place right now where my brain is actually retaining information. Oh really? Yeah. Show me how to get there. Is it the collagen? Because boy, I'm doing real bad there. <laughs> I go through little phases, Jesse, where I'm like, I fake it. Because I have to, because it's my job. Yeah, because you're exhausted. You have a demon you're I'm raising. Not t- I'm not that tired. You it's, aren't? No, not really. So I, what's I wish happening? I, I wish I could blame it on that. I think it's stress. I think sometimes I get- Oh, yeah. I think sometimes I get stressed. And uh, your buddy, who you introduced me to, who was on the show last week, Shane Moss, put yeah. it in the clearest terms yet that I've heard, which is when your body goes into an extended stress mode, you start to- It just doesn't um, allocate any resources or energy to- things that are not necessary to it in the moment. Right, or new into, stuff. When it gets into like a fight or flight kind of yeah. thing, then it's like, I don't need to remember what terrain llamas prefer, prepare. No. Which is sensible. It is sensible. But there's actually, I'm not under any um, like existential threat. Mmm, that's some tasty collagen, oh. huh? But I do have to fucking talk on the radio, and it's really fucking hard. It is hard. It's hard when you're stressed. Yeah, exactly. Either that, or, and I'm not, I'm, and nothing is stressing me out. I've actually, I am... So incredibly happy. I don't know, but I can tell. I can just yeah. tell by my body that I'm stressed. The, you, know? you know, happiness can be something that hides the stress. As as weird as that sounds, like generally being a happy person isn't necessarily your your greatest asset when stress happens. Because I feel like happy people like me as well. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to handle stress because I, it's not something that I I you know grew up in so I think people who are more used to growing up in like chaotic stressful environments can sort of handle it and deal with it but when you're generally happy you're like what the fuck is this there is something to be said for that I've had it too easy and someday it's gonna blow up in my face (laughs) especially as a male as a Caucasian male can you handle hearing that one more damn time see the only place I fucking you're a white guy you've had it easy I, uh, I am a white guy who has had it easy thank you I have not had it easy necessarily because I am a white guy right it didn't hurt it didn't hurt. But I hear more about how... Okay. I have heard more... How do you even say this? I, I don't know how many times people have told me that I have it easy because I'm a white man, but I can't tell you how many times I've heard comedians talking about, have you heard all the people telling us how easy we have because yeah. we're a white man? <laughs> yeah. 
that, you're like, wait a minute, where are all these people? And that's not limited just to that. Any social thing, you know, like the whole, like, me too, now I can't, you know, girls will tell you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know where these, I'm on, You're like, I'm where not... are these people? Am I at the wrong party? I'm not even well, the I'm same not, house. I'm not at parties, so maybe. Have you gone to a house party, like for the holidays, anything? Did you, I would imagine you, that would cause a great source of stress for you. Just being at a house party, having to have conversations with people who you're not necessarily digging. Um, like I, was, I was home with my family, so <laughs> I can't imagine what you might be talking about. I just said like no, your in-laws. I know they've cool. been there for a lot, haven't it was, they? It was cool. No, my mother-in-law's been in Japan for for a while, so we actually like have the house to ourselves, which is stressful. Who was and, there? Wasn't somebody there? Yeah, my mother-in-law is like basically she's with us for a very extended period of time, right, right, an indefinite amount of time. But she got lost for a month. But then I went home, was with my family for a week of that month. Right. Wait, she got lost? Like, just, where, like, where in a field? I mean, she, she tends to come back eventually. No, she's in <laughs> she's in Japan. <laughs> I'm going to be in Japan. Are you? Yeah. I'm doing another USO tour. They want me back. I'm going to okay. be in Japan. So you have to ca- tell me, maybe I can go to her house and she can make me some noodles. Is that racial appropriation? Uh, or is it, that cultural correctness? It's both racist and true. Okay, because yeah. I really genuinely enjoy Japanese noodles and cuisine. You could, come, you could also just come to my house in Los Angeles where she lives most of the time and I mean, she'd also make the same noodles. I feel like that's like going to Disney World to experience Epcot when you can just go to Mexico <laughs> for $5. <laughs> okay, wait. That sentence was perfect except all the words were out of order. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. We'll play it back. I can't, like I said, no brain. I can't remember what you said, but it was great. <laughs> Everybody knows what you meant. The llama is a South American relative of the camel. What? Mm-hmm. Though the llama does not have a hump, the sturdy creature, I am right here, are domestic animal used by the poli- people of the Andes Mountains. Oh, you're right. The Andes Mountains, yeah. Andes. The, their wild relatives are guanacos and the vicuñas. Yeah, Andes, that's where we got those great candies from. Wow. Pack animal. They've, they've used them for centuries. Yeah. Native well, people. they didn't have the wheel. That's so, right. So they had the the llama. They had the llama instead. I've invented the llama. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have a backyard filled with llamas. I would love to have a backyard. I know. God, that is the sign of like adulting in 2019. Just be able to have afford a space where there's green mm-hmm. involved that's not in your house from IKEA. I got a tiny little bit of cement. Yeah. It's so depressing. Yeah, I know. You know, it's just expensive to get ahead, especially in the city, man. Brutal. <laughs> Yeah, not getting any easier. I'm a bitch on a budget, and I'm finding ways to cut the corners, cut mm-hmm. the slices, cut the fat. Because it's getting harder. There's lots of, uh, it wasn't bad enough that we had every entertainment douchebag, <sighs> and um, like, we have all the bad seeds of all the rich international families. Yes. You know? Yes, like the, every, lazy, the lazy sons of bitches. Like the, the, like the rich Saudi family, oh, the son God. that they could tolerate least, they yeah, just got, set him up with a place in Beverly Hills. He's got two Siberian tigers in the yard. And a couple of Lamborghinis. Yeah. That's and, right. And just six housemaids. We got him. Constantly cleaning. Yeah, and now we're getting all of the tech people as well, so it's going to get harder here. You're, you're budgeting? I am, just because I, I kind of have viewed it like gambling. I think budgeting is gambling for a smart person if you don't have a gambling problem. You just find a way to make a game out of it. It's not so stressful to think about money, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like anytime I save a few bucks, like at Target, they got these great things where if you buy, spend some money, of course, they're like, you're saving money. You're like, no, I just spent 65 to get four. This doesn't seem right. Uh I think I'm back in the gambling addiction issue. (laughs) Right. But if you spend like 75 on, say, baby formula, they give you a gift card for 15. Yes. Oh, I know. And you're just like, well, I got to go back in the store. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. keep you in the store. It's like going to a methadone clinic. How do they do it? Nobody has ever gone 
it's such a cliche, but it is so true that you go to Target to get one thing and you leave with 10 and none of them is the thing that you came there for. Right. That's not just like a coincidence. It's, it's 100% true. And How do they do it? You know what's so funny, Tully? I used to do that as a joke back in the day. And then I was reminded of it when I was in Target last week and I was walking out and I came home and I ran into a chick in the elevator who was like, she just looks at me. She goes, Target, man, huh? You go in for one. I'm like, hey, you go in for one and you mm-hmm. come out. And she's like, and you never get the one thing. And I was like, this is a universal. It absolutely It's a universal is. thing. And then to top it off, you don't get the one thing. You get the coupon. You go back in the damn store. To get the one thing. To get the thing. And you come out with something else. You don't even leave. I'm still in Target. This is a, this is a remote I was in Target this morning. You? Because, yeah, because it was my quest this morning to make the ultimate cup of coffee. Oh, because. It's so delightful. Kind of like you. So delightful. Kind of like you budgeting. Mm-hmm. And I was, I stopped most, I, I really severely curtailed my coffee drinking the last time I got super stressed and couldn't use my brain anymore. So right. I figured, well, coffee's not helping that. So I cut it out. For a couple of years, I was pretty, pretty low pro on, on the coffee. Baby comes back on the coffee. Coffee's not bad for your brain. Uh, no. And your stress. It's just where you, where and how and, and when you're drinking it and what you're putting in it. Yeah. There's a lot of studies that show that like a dark roast mm-hmm. can actually help your receptors and your neurons and See, I think kick I was, it into gear. I think I was hitting it too hard. Okay. You're right. like you're like putting it straight to the vein. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like a-, a Free basing it. A well-timed cup or two are, they're performance enhancing drugs. Yeah. I've, I've reached the point in my adulthood where if I, if you forced me at gunpoint to choose for the rest of my life between coffee and alcohol, I would have to choose coffee. Yeah, I agree. I, I really, really enjoy what it does for me, but I was overdoing it, so I had to cut it out and I successfully cut it out and I was fine and then we had a baby and then I wasn't sleeping, so then I started getting coffee again. So then <laughs> And I start going to the store a whole bunch, and I'm buying decent coffee, and I'm actually thinking, how much am I spending on coffee mm. in a month? Did you do and, that math? And then, yes, I did. And then I started thinking like you about, I can make a game out of this. So I bought like a $70 burr grinder. Nice. A good grinder. Yeah. And I get the good beans. Yeah, I get the good beans. And then I get the pour over, and yeah. I'm a fucker for freshness. So oh, don't God. you worry about me. I'm Ziploc, dry yes. sealed, in the freezer. If you're going to go ham, you yeah. got to go full freaking ham. So I did all of this shit this morning. My grinder came yesterday, went to Target and got my uh, airtight freezer container. To keep the beans fresh. Went and got my beans. I don't even want to tell you how much I spent on Where, beans. No, okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. You can spend money on beans because it go. You get a lot for your dollar. Yes, it moves. So I spent I spent nineteen dollars on. I don't know if it was twelve ounces or sixteen oh, ounces. You're fine. You're still but you're if, good. And people are gonna. And you know what? Even though I'm about to explain it, even though nobody cares, the one guy who still cares is still gonna write to me and go, "Oh, fuck a nineteen dollar beans must be nice." How often does that guy go to Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy five dollars a cup or Starbucks or whatever? You're ten exactly. ten visits. You're you're done exactly. And then when you do a when you do beans, mm-hmm. and the other thing I want you to try because I just tried this, you know, at my <laughs> at my mom's house visiting her in Syracuse, they've got the Keurig, which I'm just like I'm over it. Fuck the, Keurig. It, Keurig, it's it's just not conducive to a real coffee drinker's idea of a good cup of coffee. It's just it's it's BS. I and it's smack wasteful. you in the face with my fancy white glove. Yes, because it builds up mold. You can't really clean those nooks and crannies. And the water's running through that, grabbing all those amoebas and putting it in your freaking coffee cup in the morning. And you know what I tried? I I did a Keurig cup because that's all I can do at my mom's house. 
And it was my Newman's Own Organics Medium Roast Blend, which if you like Keurig cups, it's delicious. Mm -hmm. They don't pay me, and I genuinely can advocate for them, the delicious cup of coffee. No, I I think as a charitable organization, Newman's Own has probably got a limited advertising and endorsement budget. Yeah, you're right. 100% of the profits go towards charity. So I put the cup in, make a cup. And then I put the cup on the shelf for the next morning. I'm like, I'm going to see if there's still enough brew in this after it dries out. Put it in, full dark roast again. Out of one cup, I get two cups of coffee. You weren't thinking about what was growing in no, there? No, because it was only there? a day. It was only a, a day. day. It tried out. It was just the grinds. It's not going to like... Look, everybody's got their line that they that in the sand that they God, draw. God, is this an addiction issue? <laughs> so I did So I did it. So I made the coffee, and it was okay. I, I, I got to tweak it a little bit, but I'm pretty happy with the results. And then after all of that, and I was late to come here to see you today, um, put it in my... Uh, fancy new yeah. uh, travel it, coffee. How dad is this thing? My, that's so it's not only dad. It looks like a shirt. Like it's in the print of a shirt yes. that a dad wears every day. It's a co-branded travel coffee mug between Stanley and Pendleton. Who? This is like <laughs> that's so cool. I've never seen a co-branded item like, like that. This is like <laughs> what's Nick, this Nick, one big Nick, long commercial. Nick Offerson huh? sweats this out of his balls. He this does? is like man. <laughs> Brawny like man, I and love Nick Offerman. I did all that. I, I met him; he's lovely. And um, and then I put this in my uh, my. You made fun of my lunch You're, bag. You have a dad bag this that my... people need to know. I feel like after this, when this goes up, um, I feel like you really need to take a picture of your dad bag today and post it along with some promos. What's in your dad bag? Tell so me. this. Well, this is my backup dad bag because after all of that, made the coffee. Put the top on my uh, Nick Offerman fancy. Your Nick Offerman special. Checker, Can we call that travel, the Nick Offerman tra- travel special? coffee mug? <laughs> put it on wrong. Spilled all over inside of my uh, of my real of of my my front line my starter. Uh, it, was this the dad, first cup of all bag. of your stuff? Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, there's a beautiful kind of. I'm taking it well. I think it's a kind of a nice moment for you that you spent all this time researching, getting the bean, getting the items and the accessories, and then you just spill the coffee everywhere. That's just kind of, you know, kind of the zen. universe being like, yeah, all all is lost and that's okay. I think my daughter's trying to teach me something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, as much as you want to prepare, you can't. There's no, you can't even prepare for a fucking cup of coffee in this life. No. And then you have to be able, the true test of a human being, I think, is being able to, in those moments where your coffee spills... Or your metaphorical coffee spills, you just kind of got to go, okay, all right. Yeah. You you, you got that one, universe. I'm going to give it to you. Instead of losing your mind in the grocery store and punching soft fruit. Which I've done both. <laughs> I've... I've probably been more more violently angry when things have gone when trifling things have gone wrong than you might expect. I just have a vision of you punching kiwi, like aggressively. No, not aggressive. I broke a baseball bat against the side of a house one time in frustration. I used to be a really bad tennis player. I would I broke I don't know how many rackets. I don't know why people played with me. You hit a house. What did the house do? No, the house didn't do anything. I was why just, were you so angry? Uh, somebody was supposed to come pick me up, and then our our. Uh, Wires got crossed on who was going to be meeting who where, and I very nearly missed a plane. Ooh. And I was angry about that. I was young, so I took a wooden, the only wooden baseball bat I've ever owned, and I took it out. Uh, it was my parents' house and just. Oh, that must have felt good. I think it's healthy. Yeah. We're humans, man. We've got yeah. carnal, like, anger and rage in all of us. I know. I know. I think, know. Of, think of how a baby is born. 
If you want to talk about anger, fury, and rage, think about what happens to a woman's anatomy during birth. It's the most brutally painful, like, ripping experience of her life. Yeah. And preceding it, too. And, like, the, the, the cartilage and the hips loosens. You know, yes. women, women like, the, one of the reasons they shouldn't exercise for a while after they deliver is because their their hips have been gelatinizing and expanding leading up to the birth event. Mm-hmm. The slow grow. Yeah. And it's very uh, tender. And at that point, if you're exercising, you're going to F yourself up. Yeah, you can fuck yourself you're gonna, up You're going to have hip problems for the rest of your life. Yes, you can. Your body needs to just sort of settle back after that demon pushed itself out of the teeny hole. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. My mom had, I was cesarean because she's so t- oh, yeah, you're small. <laughs> sounds like Italian dish. <laughs> sounds, like a, <laughs> sounds like a fish dish <laughs> at grandma's house. You want the cesarean? Yeah, we always have it on Christmas Eve. <laughs> You want to rig a thorn in a little cesarean, huh? Our, her hips are so narrow, and that's why I'm afraid, like, if and when I have a baby, they're definitely going to have to rip it out. Mm. There's no way something's going to come through this little... I don't have childbearing hips. I have guy friends who have more childbearing hips than I do. These are, like... These aren't even, like, a zygote-bearing hip. Very yeah, narrow. well, don't catch yourself out. Don't, don't surprise... You might surprise yourself. I just, like, can't the baby, like, grow... It's weird. It's so weird. It's so, uh, I have this whole awful bit that I've never put on stage <laughs> in stand-up because it's so unfunny. Um, God, kind I of wish ri- every comedian would say that. That's kind, so true. Kind of riff on now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about how um, just evolution doesn't make sense. There's so many things about it that make perfect sense, but uh, it's not part of the bit to, to say that just the whole, the way that human beings make babies was not an optimal way for us to... Uh, survive. Do you mean the conception or the every the, step of the, the way? Pr- the every pregnancy. step of the way. The, I mean, first we just the 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 conception. What percentage of the cum falls out? So mu- it's so much waste. What the fuck? Like if we're going on a like eco eco friendly and like saving the environment, it's a lot of waste. But it's supposed to be like everything that we do is just to get it in there so that you know boy meets girl on the inside and we make babies. And why the fuck does like how hard, I think and you hear all these amazing things about nature evolved to do this little thing because, you know, it knows that you might you know need it at some point in the in the development of the fetus. And it's like, how about developing a thing that doesn't make all the cum fall out? <laughs> oh, you mean the cum catcher? <laughs> Funny you should ask, Mike Tully. In 2019, we got one of our great new devices, the cum catcher. Are you yeah. sick of your cum dropping out? And then Losing babies, too much spunk? Babies are in there for way too long. And then when they come the out there. The spunk trunk. <laughs> works for me. I mean, are they still doing the late night infomercials? I can't. Are you sick? <laughs> Looking to trap a man? I'm losing all your <laughs> Well, it might be a little cumbersome to travel with, but the spunk drone—you'll <laughs> never lose another drop of spunk. This is your fault, Tully. You did this to us. Um, but you know, okay. Yeah. T- to touch on what you're saying, there is a lot of waste, but it's kind of like basically jizz every time is an Olympic event and only the greatest athlete is going to get the gold because if all of them had a shot, we'd have more idiots on the earth than we do now. Do we want that? I just stood in line at a fucking coffee bean Mm -hmm. and there were six people in there who just definitely didn't need to be here. Oh my goodness. There were 12 total, but six of them definitely could just disappear and we'd be fucked. Make no mistake. We need a reckoning, but... (laughs) 
this but podcast is going to get us both just in trouble with the lesbians and the birthers. I haven't said anything. The birthers? <laughs> I'm a card carrying member. Oh no, those are the those are the the birth certificate people. Well, I'm 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 perfectly content with them birth being certificate. You don't belong here. I don't think they even care about that anymore <laughs> themselves. But that's not the way that I understand like the sperm thing. It's not as if the 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 um the better sperm has like a superior grip that allows it to hold onto the walls when the rest they of his They don't have arms. when the rest of his weaker friends fall out. Exactly. So to me, for all you know, the best sperm just fucking fell out. Or he was like, fuck this. Well, they just just fall out. It's not his fault that he was at the back of the line going in. Yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with it. They all don't fall out. A lot of, like, Mm. when you get in there. Well, clearly. But a lot of it does. It's like dolphins. It's like a a pack. Are they packs? Packs of dolphins? What's a group Um, of, is it a, a school of dolphins? Because they're not no, fish. Oh, fuck. You know, the crazy thing is I, I actually know this. We need Google. Well, uh, a whole herd of dolphins. Yeah. Get You know, that's what the sperm are. There's a whole bunch of them, and they're swimming, and, and they're swimming. They, they do like the thing where you're yeah. swimming that's like a crunch. Yeah. yeah My they daughter do that, does that like, all the time. That, that, yeah, that's a baby's kind of swim. They're just kind of wiggling back and forth. Your baby girl's basically a sperm. Yeah, she's spermy. And I keep getting in trouble for bringing up how she motorboated a dude. Awesome. Yeah. Was it a Christmas Day thing? Uh, no, we were just having dinner with a friend. Who? Uh, my old roommate. Did, what did he? What was his reaction? Uh, he was. He was like, he, "Your daughter just motorboated me." <laughs> did you laugh? It's hilarious. It's so funny. Did she laugh? She laughs at everything. Was she like doing bowling raspberries? Yeah. Or was she going? Bah, 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 bah? Yeah, exactly. God, babies are so. They're so scary, but they're really cute. Like my niece. She's, I don't know how many, uh, in between one and three. I have no idea. She's in there. She's not, she can only handle one level on the house. She can't handle stairs yet. So whatever age that is. My sister's always like, she can't handle stairs. I'm like, well, then keep her on one level. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, I can't be held responsible Mm -hmm. for her going up and down stairwells. One to three means walking, but still disgusting. Right. And just everything's green that comes out of her. Oh, okay. She's little. She's teeny. Yeah. She leaks a lot. So Mm -hmm. whatever that age is. Closer to one. When she, she just looks, she's quiet. And I don't trust, like, quiet babies. Quiet people I I like a lot. I feel like that's sort of, you know, um, a rarity. Still waters. (laughs) Exactly. I I just, I, I, I like that. But quiet babies are scary. I feel like she just looks into you. Not even just at you. Like she's figured mm-hmm. out your weaknesses. Yeah, maybe, it, or or we're projecting because I think we tend to. You go to the zoo, especially if you're stoned, and you start like Making projecting eyes. a lot onto what the animals are thinking. But I do wonder. That's my about, weekend plans. I do wonder about the same <laughs> thing because my daughter had the longest night of her young life. She was just up the other night. She got pissed at the end, but for the most part, she was just <laughs> she got pissed. For the most part, she was just up. Because when you think of a baby keeping you up all night, you think of a baby crying. Yeah. She wasn't. She's just in there just like spazzing out. Right. Like, Ro- like just rolling around. Throwing her arms around. Right. You right. Know, like just doing Talking. her thing. She sounds like she's like malfunctioning. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, she is. Yeah, pretty much. But then she's. this is going on for a couple hours and she's just like staring at the ceiling. And it's like, what? what is going on in your brain? I know the answer is not much. How do you know? I know you're not that type of dude who's like into mystical stuff and the spirituality of existence and I the unknown. Be, I might be more than you realize. We subscribe to a pretty crazy theory about my uh, children's mystical uh, um, uh, origins. You know, there was a really cool episode with Russell Brand. Have we talked about that Russell Brand on, on Rogan? 
Mm-mm. They were talking about the origin of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Like when when does that come into play through pregnancy and development when you're born? Is it something that the brain, once the brain is developing, it sort of creates? Or is it something that you're born with and as your brain develops, it catches up to where the consciousness already is? And, and it's a really freaky thing that Russell was talking about. One of his mentors was talking about his two kids. He had like a three-year-old and a six-month-old and he passed by the room and the three-year-old was standing by the crib of the six-year-old. And the three-year-old said, tell me about heaven. I'm starting to forget. (laughs) As a father, I mean, Mm -hmm. kids say crazy things. You know, I mean, they pick up a lot. They cross, you, you know, I think they confuse things and they apply things to different words because they're just learning and everything's a jumble. Or there's something to it. You know, that's basically when it comes down to existence and wondering why we're here. It's one or the other. It's either random or specific. That's it. There's no real middle ground when it comes to the origin of us and and the idea that we're just a vessel for whatever's inside. Yeah. I think I'm starting to swing back around happily to the there is a point to all this, you know, and and, and there's... really. Yeah, I, I kind of go back and forth. And I don't think you have to be uber-religious no. or uber-spiritual to sort of adhere to that ideology. Well, I've always found it kind of comforting that, in my opinion, um, and maybe maybe we all just kid ourselves and come up with answers that we can kind of grasp onto in the darkness, but to me, it doesn't really matter like, if you told me, no, this is it, we're a completely random mutation, and when it's over, it's over, that doesn't give me license to run around being a shithead, fucking people over, and stabbing friends in the back, because I get joy out of being in touch with the source of life, and right. the life force, which is, like, love and joy, and it has a lot of different faces and a lot of different names, the way that I would live if I wanted to be in tune with the larger force of the universe yeah. is exactly the same as the way that I still believe is best to live our lives, even if this is it. That's good. So it's cool. That's encouraging. It's super cool. You of aren't course, freaked out, though, if it if this was it? Wouldn't well, it be course, kind of like... Of course. I, I, somebody called the Jason Ellis show, you know, my other show one time, and said something that I found so striking. He had been uh, diagnosed with a terminal disease. I, I assume he's no longer with us, and he said, don't bother um, thinking about what you think about what happens when you die or when you're wow. going to die because he said it, it will it, every wanton thought you've ever had goes completely out the window when it becomes real to yeah. you so just and it's also like that thing where I'm sure you've experienced this in every aspect of your life when you have expectations for anything for how a party's going to go for how the meeting's going to go for how the you know show that you shoot is going to go for how hanging out with your family's going to go it never goes that way Ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe like 2% of the time you're That's right. Interesting. Because your brain always creates, your brain fills in so many blanks because it has to. That's survival. Your brain's constantly mapping things out, you know? And that's, it, 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 it needs to figure out its space, whether it's a, a, a meta space or it's an actual physical What's space. What's meta mean again? Just like, you know, thoughts and like thinking about things, mm-hmm. like, you know, a, an idea as opposed to like a room. So like thinking about how like emotions I feel are like kind of a meta mapping thing that your brain does. It's never that bad or that good. It's never. So how would death, how would our idea of what death would be like after 
the experience of or after death, how, how would that be any different? You know, I feel like we You're would right. just, our expectations would probably disappoint us, even in death. Maybe. <laughs> you know, or it's the most amazing thing. Who knows? And, you know, this is something I've honestly thought about so much in my past couple of years because I naturally have a little bit of a death anxiety. A little bit. Who doesn't? Right? And, I've, and the more I talk about it, the more I realize that a lot of people have it. They think about it, how how it happens, and what type of way, and all of that. Um, but especially because my father, the passing of my father, makes me hope that there's something beyond, and that he's not sick in that. So that's that's right. sort of where where the expectations of what happens beyond the life has sort of been a. Um, a, a forefront thought in my in my process. Do you feel like it's you've evolved in your sense of what it all means and what death means and what death is and stuff, having been so close to it? Because this is what, like I said earlier, I'm very, very, very sheltered. I all the people close to me, you know, I go home for Christmas and I still go to Aunt Caroline and Uncle Jimmy's yeah. house, just like I did when I was a kid. I'm yeah. very, very fortunate. All my people are, you know, one or two more distant relatives yeah. have passed and stuff but I'm, I'm kind of unprepared for the stuff that you've been not that right. anybody ever is and yeah you're never right. prepared but it has it's given me more uh it's grounded me it's calmed me it's made me more open it's made me not give a fuck as much about stressing about certain things i would say a lot of my stress has definitely been alleviated just in my general stress and anxiety and then from that alleviation, I've sort of opened my mind to just being more present. And it's as simplistic and hippie as that sounds. It's a very difficult thing to do. It may be one of the most difficult things to do as a human being is to be present. It's certainly getting harder. Yeah. I'm not one of these people who thinks everything was fine until 10 years ago and then the whole world changed because we got phones or whatever the, whatever the thing du jour is. But... I'm pretty sure if you're like a, a a peasant in a field in the 1300s, it's a little bit easier to be in the moment than it is right now. Yeah, because that's all you got. Right. That's like literally all you got. Is the moment. You know? I mean, who's writing poetry right now? Nobody has time to write poetry. Poetry was like a like a huge, uh, a huge like part of art and culture. Mm-hmm. Poetry. Yeah. Stories. Yeah, but but then then again, like poems stink. Well, they stink now because there's a lot of other options. But when you're sitting in a field and it's like, you know, 2000 AD, yeah, you're like, "Whoa, this is interesting. Oh, tell us another story. That's yeah. all you got. Right. You got a dude chiseling shit into rock. That's your Netflix. You know, someone sitting there telling you, you know, some weird poem where the English doesn't even make sense and there's right. errors You don't even know ors, what the fuck they're talking error. about. Yeah. All the F's are S's and yeah, what the E's fuck. Yeah, E's are R's. Yeah. It's just like, just say after. Why do you gotta say R? Yeah. And just say angry. Why do you gotta say R? Like, I don't, it sounds like you're drunk. You sound like a drunk leprechaun. Mm-hmm. But it, it is, it's, it's an interesting time to live in because I feel like, and I'm sure you've done this too, our phones, man, our phones are real, I feel like our phones are the nucleus to a lot of our modern anxieties. Mm-hmm. And, and it's poisonous because your brain never really has time to settle on one thought or idea. Just the nature of scrolling, the nature of social media, it sharing, it's very it's very just quick and spontaneous and and constantly in flux. Yeah. Your brain needs to grasp onto something. It needs an anchor. Well, it needs that 
And it also needs to idle. I believe it was um, Alan Alda, Mm -hmm. the actor. I heard him on, I believe it was, pretty sure it was Mark Maron's podcast a couple years ago. And he's all about these sorts of things. He's a, he's a thoughtful kind of guy. And, um, he was, he was saying that, um, you know, inspiration happens when your brain idles and Mm -hmm. the fact that people don't just stare out the window anymore. So I, I have these little like screensavers that I make for my computer to try to remind me of things that I want to try to remember. And that's yeah. one, that's one that I've put in there. And that's a huge one. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of big like resolutions and thoughts and plans for what I want to do and who I want to be in the new year. And we all do this time of year, but I, I'm off to a pretty decent start because it, it feels pretty good to get yourself out of that stuff. Like the, like the constant, yeah. Stimuli? Well, I feel like, for example, with social media, it's pretty easy for me. I only have to be here at this studio only so many hours a day. Right. And when I'm here, it is a part of my job. So I kind of give myself free reign sure. to do it when I'm here. Absolutely. It's a part of the gig. But it's on me to shut that down when I go home. Whatever somebody DM'd me on Instagram will still yeah. be there when I get back here tomorrow. I don't know. People have a very bad tracker. Social media and computers are addiction to them, which most of us have to some degree or another, is very similar to uh, food addiction. Oh, for sure. And love addiction in yes. that if you're an alcoholic, you can. it's hard, but you can stop drinking. You can, you can stop. If you are a food addict, you still need to eat despite the fact that you need to uh, rein in what and how and when you're eating and how torturous is that. And all of us... Most of us do need to be plugged in. We do. And in communication, you know, that's a part of community and community is vital for someone's mental health. I mean, most of the people who fall into like these dementia and Alzheimer's diagnosis, a lot of it is is through um, symptoms that get exacerbated by being antisocial. So our, is that so? Yeah, yeah. No and, and, and being antisocial is also a sign of of dementia starting. So that's, you know, that's one thing that I learned from reading so much about it because as, as it was happening, I just was grasping at straws trying to figure out everything I could. But yeah, if you have somebody in your family who's normally social and all of that and all of a sudden they retreat, that's something to consider. But, you know, in this generation, like we like you said, like we, we need... We need to communicate, and how much we're doing it on our phones, you've, you definitely have to monitor yourself. And it's also interesting, you're talking about um, daydreaming. My uh, One of my dear friends is actor and producer, Sarah. She and I were just talking on Saturday about the value of daydreaming, and she had read an article that people aren't daydreaming as much anymore. Of course they're not. And of course they're not. Because th- you don't, even when you're, you remember being on the toilet? That's when you would daydream, mm-hmm. you know? Or driving. That's for me. The greatest ideas come when I'm driving or in the shower. Yeah, for or better, just waking up. For better and for worse, I'm never bored. Yeah, anymore. and that's exactly what cool, she said. Which is cool. That was the title of the article. Something about the the importance of boredom. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember. I'll, maybe I'll get it to you before this this episode goes up. Uh, because everything she was saying is is what you're talking about right now, and that we are never bored. And think about when you were a kid using your imagination. You know, that's why uh, one of the mnemonic devices you can do to add to your life to make your brain smarter, per se, is to read novels. And that's because your brain has to create the imagery for you. When you're reading a nonfiction, it's very, you know, it's it's very logical and pragmatic and, and matter of fact. So your brain is not really developing as many 
ideas for you to solve yeah. as, you know, as opposed to reading a novel. So it's, it's just so important for us to not, to get back to that like childhood boredom aspect. Yeah. Staring I think, out the window. Right. I think we're part of the zeitgeist. I don't think we're saying anything that most people who will listen to this aren't kind of aware of and I'm sure many Well, you say that, but then they're on their phones, you know. Well, just because you're aware of it doesn't Googling. mean Googling. Just doesn't mean that you're fixing Llamas it. Being which we've attempted to do three times on the fucking radio since we've been you know, here. Speak- but yeah, all the things that I want to do depend heavily on on daydreaming, so I have to allow myself, you know, if I'm going to write this and write that, then I have to create that mental space. That's good. It's actually part of my job now. That's- and it also is like fun and it is Feels fun. Good. Yeah. And it's 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 I think being we need to be more outrageous. I agree. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you sick of it. That wasn't even real. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh but Let's on, just get fucking nuts. But, <laughs> We're all gonna die. Seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're on on the nose of social media. Uh have you seen or did you see someone posted a photo of an egg? And wanted it to get more likes than the Kylie Jenner post, which she had the, the highest amount of likes on Instagram, which was something like 20, 15 million? I think she was around 18. And she was I, 18. And I think the egg successfully doubled. I think it did. And I think it's like a real testament to some of the content that's on Instagram and social media. It's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. And it's also, it's if you go deep into it. If you want to like really look deep into it, it could just be a fun social experiment, which I'm sure it started out as. But if you want to like look into it, it's just such an indicator for young girls or anybody really who's on social media and thinks that that's real, what the, whatever they're looking at, and think that that's that matters <coughs> yeah. and that that brings value to their life. Like that egg is so significant that nothing really matters, and it's also nothing is what it seems. I think you might be overreading I haven't, I, it. I haven't... Yeah, followed it at all, but I think um, there is the, the obviously the backlash against them coexists with their stardom. Yes, people love to to hate them, and some people just hate them. Yes, there's very few people who are just unabashedly pro Kardashian, and I think people love trends nowadays, and everything has to be like we're all doing this thing. Have you done the thing? Yeah. I don't know. Are you dabbing? And 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 are you, uh, dabbing? And are you flossing? Don't and dab. Floss. You should floss every day. But I, like flossing. Yeah, I learned how to floss. I oh, a six-year-old. Wow. Because you know I why? I did too. Because he can't do it, and I can. So take that. Wow. Can you floss while you floss? No, it would be very difficult. I think it would be. What if somebody flossed you while you were flossing? Yeah, that's more realistic. I'm awful at multitasking. I'm going to try getting, that. And I'm getting worse. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. Are you write stuff down? You write notes. Oh my god, it's the only way I remember anything. Yeah, I write notes all the time. I'm you a note taker. Fucking notes on notes, and you don't even. <laughs> I got notes on notes on notes. Elaborate. I got my own fucking Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> you got snacks on snacks <laughs> on snacks in your dad bag. Yeah, I do. I what? Do. Wait, what the fuck? Can we talk about oh, what's yeah, in your dad bag? Sure. Okay. So, well, okay. I have quite a bit more than usual because oh of my, my coffee god. emergency. Is it thermal? Yeah. Well, Is that like a celery green color? Listen to, I can't even handle the noise it's it is. making. It sounds it's like a dad noise. It's an insulated bag. Okay, I mean, it is from Whole Foods, and it was a gift. Was it? Yeah. From your mother-in-law? My sister. Okay. And this is the thing, like, if we're going to a potluck, <laughs> we got to bring the meatballs, or the kibasi. <laughs> a you know? potluck. Look, yeah. a potluck Potluck's is too my, teasing for me. Potluck's happen in my life. It sounds like, you know, if I go there and there's no marijuana, I'm like, come on. No, no, it's no, It's no, right no, in no, the yeah. name. No, you're out of luck. But what, we- <laughs> so we're- 
we bring hot stuff places sometimes. And I that's am where right this comes here. in. And it also doesn't. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't I, I pop out of the bag. And it doesn't like, you know, so, so that's what this is for. And this is not my lunch bag. This is my backup. Come on. This is my backup that I had to get in an emergency. So I would typically come with a coffee. Today I brought two because I made my shitty one and most of it leaked. In your Nick Offerman special. My Nick Offerman. So I had to make a backup <laughs> out of the... Uh, I don't have a Keurig. I have an espresso, and then I, I humble I, brag, and then I fart my own, uh, my own what? seltzer. You do? Yeah. You're a seltzer guy? Oh fuck yeah! That you just stick it in and it just like farts it up. F- it's so great. <laughs> your fart. So you got your fart juice. The only problem is that these are um, uh, ethically very, very dicey. What is? Why? What do you mean? Because the I believe. Israelis are making the um, the bubbles in um, the settlements that they built in Palestine. What? Blood bubbles, they call it. <laughs> yeah. Like are in, you serious? Like in polite company. What is that? That's not even a com- real news story. Oh my God. Someone I know gave me their, uh, I have two of these. Blood bubbles? Gave me their farter, their seltzer farter, yeah. because uh, well, soda stream. People have them like right. bed, bed seltzer farter is a yeah, clinical yeah. term. <laughs> that's the technical. That's the Latin. <laughs> that's, yeah. It's Latin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somebody gave me theirs because they are of um, uh, Middle Eastern descent, and they decided that they're like, I don't know why this is just where I've decided to draw my line in the sand. I don't feel good about having it anymore, and and I'm giving it to you. What are you? And so, it's funny because. It's true. It's true. And his wife's going. His wife's <laughs> what going. Are you talking his, his, about his wife's going. I told you not to tell him why you're giving it to him. But, like he was instructed to his wife, who has who is Russian and has no skin in the game, was like, <laughs> is, don't pull me. Don't. Is like just tell him you don't use it, and you know he uses it, so he can but, have it. But he he felt compelled to tell me his ethical reason why he didn't want to have it because he didn't want to contribute to um, Israeli uh, imperialism, and so he gave it to me. And, and so it's kind of like a chick wearing a diamond. Uh, yeah, 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 I guess so. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not a sustainably sourced diamond, which, well, I doubt any of them are. Especially if, Leo like, DeCap said they're not. No, 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 they're, they're, that's, that's a whole, that's a mess. Anything that we're taking out of, of Africa is, uh, it's, it's a, um, it's like a, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a, like a dam in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. You plug one hole and three more pop right. up and it's of not course. as it's simple as, it's not a good as, thing. Yay, now we're getting our, uh, our, we're our, getting our elephant tusks. Now from... we're getting our iPhone from West Cameroon. <laughs> right. Problem solved. Yep. Let's go back to giving the egg legs. It's not that. Yeah. It's, it's far more. Let's go back to giving the egg legs. <laughs> <laughs> now back to the egg. Back to the egg. Back to what matters. Wait, what else is in your bag? Okay, so because I had to. This is so. Is there anything edible in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually I would bring a sandwich. It's like my picnic <laughs> basket. Usually I would Why bring... do I think that's so funny? I don't. What am I supposed to eat for no, lunch? No, you know it's smart. It's so smart, and it's so economical. And I don't I'm understand for why, it. I know, and and everybody I'm finds for it, it. Everybody finds it so funny, and I like. I do see your. <laughs> I do see your angle, but you guys do realize. I understand it's funny, but you guys do realize that I'm right and you're all wrong, right? Because wait, I'm not against you. Because everybody, <laughs> well, I'm feeling, at, I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> because everybody here, who's not me. Who doesn't have a picnic basket? A picnic <laughs> is getting some shitty fucking takeout yes. from somewhere that's probably costing about thirteen bucks and wasting Who's... a wasting a bunch of time. And the people who make it are out there scratching their bungholes, not washing their hands properly. It's gross. And putting food together. It's not. It's not good. And I'm and I'm happy to spend real money for good food, but that's terrible food. You're paying for the convenience. Yes. These places. 
if it's a if it's a place around a business, um, it's like a restaurants at an airport. Oh, they, I they, was just gonna say that they can't afford to give you good food because their rent is so sky high because they have such a captive population of people who are guaranteed to go there no matter what slop they're slinging. Oh, it's brutal that they have to overpay and it's st- overcharge and it still doesn't leave them with enough of a profit margin to actually use real food. So, Every time I've gotten the shards is from airport food. So I have, do you have a whole loaf in that bag because I ran out of time. I what usually, are you Hansel and Gretel? I would, Where are you going? <laughs> Look, we lost we lost my mother in law. I'm not going down like that. No, there's a I, whole loaf. I know there is. Bag. It says, "Don't get me started on how terrific this bread is." I got to get Tom Papa. Do you know Tom? Do you have? His, I, I don't know him personally, but I, gotta, I love him. I got to get him back in here because we barely scratch the surface <laughs> of talking bread, and he's even more obnoxious than I am. Oh, the bread's got to die in three days for it to be like, yes. worthy. For sure, it needs to be rock hard in three days. That's when you know it's good bread. That's exactly right, and that's why I got this from Beverlywood Bakery, and this is solid bread, and I have... Uh... <laughs> He's got a whole loaf. And you have, have a whole jar. I have brought my peanut butter. <laughs> Did you get kicked out? <laughs> no. You I didn't whole... have time to make a sandwich because my okay. coffee exploded. <laughs> so I have time between this and the Ellis show, so I'll be, I'll be making a sandwich. Oh, I love that you have a full... Would you like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I would love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, yep. You're going to make us a peanut butter jelly sandwich. See, see who's laughing now. Is that one of your favorite? <laughs> I was just, like, like when you said brought a sandwich. I no, I don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, actually. Well, because it's not, I mean, it's, you're hungry, like, 40 minutes later. It's not, it doesn't, f- it doesn't fill you up. No, it sucks, but it I It gets just, it done. It gets you energy. It gets the job yeah. done, and I'm trying to not be fat, and so it just, like, this is, that's. So is there, is there anything else in there? <laughs> No, we're clear. Okay. You have a whole, it's like yeah. a picnic for six toddlers. As long as they like blood bubbles. Yeah, yeah blood bubbles. Yeah. That would be such a good follow-up documentary title for um, Blackfish. What's Blackfish? Is that the... The one about Tillicum and SeaWorld? About oh. the, you know, the uh, how they got whales out of the ocean and just took I don't like to get into... mixed up in that controversy. <laughs> Okay, you don't. You don't like to do that. Is that where you draw the fucking line? You know, whale controversy. No, I tell you why. Having not seen the documentary, because I don't care. I, I. God damn it, Mike Tully. What? You don't care about our natural habitat and the creatures that coexist in the ecosystem. That even though we're not living directly in the ocean, we are directly a part of and affected by. Uh, okay, we gotta go, but oh, son I'll, of I'll a give bitch. It to, I'll give it to you. Here's the short version. Where's my goddamn sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. Here's the short version. Um, I care about animals being needlessly slaughtered and tortured for food. That's right. why I make sure I get like decent beef. I've done the math. I'm going to be responsible for the death of about two cows. Man, well, that's man, how we could handle the Kardashians. Man one, animal kingdom zero. <laughs> Deal with it. We won, you lost. And it's the same way that I feel about zoos and SeaWorld. I don't think if we just went around putting all whales in captivity, the that, Kardashians. Would be, that would be needless and awful. But if we just grab a couple so all of the human children get to see them for once in their lives. Yeah, the Kardashians. Deal with it, animals. <laughs> that's where I come down on that. Chris Jenner's been... Horde and whales in that house for a while. And it's a shame what happens to their fins. It's a shamu. <laughs> <laughs> what happens to their fins? We're so, just kidding. Love everybody. This is all for fun. Grown and 
Sexy Grown? Grown and Sexy on VH1 Fridays right now at 9.30, 8.30 Central. Sharp Tongue Podcast, jessemay.com. Give back, people. There's always someone struggling more than you. I love you, Tully. Love you, too.